Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking. It's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. Welcome to this day in baseball's Daily Rewind, where we explore baseball's amazing, timeless history with short, cool stories beyond the box score from 1869 to present day. And you may think, how about that? A holy cow, and just maybe, do you believe it? I'm your host, Tom Hannon, Thankful to be sharing these amazing baseball stories with you. Welcome to This Day in Baseball's Daily Rewind, Episode 4. We're going to bring you back to April 4th, 1994, where a new era is born in Cleveland. But before we do, here's today's trivia. This player had a long 17-year career. And he played in the World Series for all three franchises he played for, winning it all once. He once also asked for a trade to the West Coast to be closer to his actress wife. And had circumstances been different, his name may be the one that you would know who broke Roger Maris's record for home runs in a season. Who am I? April 4th, 1994. A new era is born in Cleveland. The Cleveland Indians franchise was born in 1901 as the Cleveland Blues. And leading up to the 94 season, the, the Indians franchise has been historically bad. In 93 seasons, they won the division only three times. The Indians were so bad that on average, over their 93-year history, they finished 18 games out of first place. They did have a very good stretch from 1948 to 56, where they went to the World Series twice, they won it all in 48, and they fell victim to the catch in 1954. They also finished second several times. But they really never got over the catch. In 29 of the next 40 seasons, they were below 500. If you're not an Indians fan, you can check out our show notes. And the trend in baseball entering the 1990s was to build new interesting ballparks with some retro features, and some newer features. The first franchise to do this was the Baltimore Orioles building Camden Yards, which was a striking success. 
And as team owners saw this, they learned that the ballpark itself was a draw, not just the team. And on April 4th, on April 4th, 1994, the Indians opened their new ballpark named Jacobs Field. It was named after the team owners, the Jacobsons, but the field was simply called the Jake. To open the park, the Indians did things right from the beginning. They retired Larry Doby's uniform number 14. A usually reserved Doby becomes emotional speaking to the opening day crowd. Doby was the first African-American player in the American League, debuting in July of 1947. He never got the same acclaim Jackie Robinson did, but, Doby, but Doby's impact was tremendous. Doby played for the Indians for nine seasons from 47 to 55 and also during the 58 season. This was truly their only great run in franchise history before 1994. Doby himself was a seven-time All-Star, led the league in home runs twice, and finished second in an MVP race. And he will be elected into Baseball's Hall of Fame in 1998 by the Veterans Committee. The festivities, however, were not over, as President Bill Clinton threw out the first pitch to get things started. In an odd set of circumstances, the Indians started Dennis Martinez as the opening day pitcher, and he fired the first official pitch in Jacob Field's history. His nickname, El Presidente. Now, starting at first base for the Indians on opening day was future Hall of Famer Eddie Murray. By starting at first base, Eddie Murray was appearing in his 2,403rd game at first, which set a new Major League record for appearances at that position. However, Cleveland has been on the wrong side of baseball history far too often. As fate would have it, they were facing the Seattle Mariners. Seattle had their ace on the mound, another future Hall of Famer named Randy Johnson. Johnson starts out strong, firing seven no-hit innings at the Tribe. In the stands was Indian legend Bob Feller. Feller, to date, is the only pitcher to throw a no-hitter on opening day, and Johnson was just six outs away. This Cleveland fans, you've seen this act far too often. Martinez had pitched well for Cleveland, but they're down two zip in the bottom of the eighth. Johnson throwing the no-hitter, walks leadoff batter Candy Maldonado, and then Sandy Alomar breaks up the no-hitter with an opposite field single through the infield. Johnson, clearly losing his composure a bit, uncorks a wild pitch. And then facing Manny Ramirez, batting eighth if you can believe it, Manny drives a double to score both Alomar and Maldonado. But, of course, Manny being Manny, he ends up getting picked off a second base and the game's tied up 2-2. Two two. The game goes into extra innings and the team's trade a run in the 10th, but in the bottom of the 11th, it was future Hall of Famer Eddie Murray who hits a double with one out, and then he will score the winning run on Wayne Kirby's single. Murray goes 2-5 for five in his record-setting game. Cleveland fans were witnessing a new era unfolding. We will never know what happened in 1994 had there not been a strike, but at the time of the strike, they were just one game out of first place and they've been playing 620 baseball since May 23rd. 
And over the next eight seasons, a stretch from 1994 to 2001, they will finish first six times. They're going to go to the World Series twice and lose an unforgettable series in 1997 when Florida scores two runs off Jose Mesa in the bottom of the ninth. They're also going to set a major league record for attendance between June 12, 1995 and April 4, 2001. The Indians will sell out 455 consecutive games. Demand for the tickets were so great that all 81 home games were sold out before opening day in five separate seasons. The Indians will actually retire the number 455 in honor of the sellout record. The sellout record. The players the Indians developed, the players that came through during this time is a never-ending list of players with Cooperstown in their future. Tomei, Alomar, Vesquel, Murray, Morris, Baines, and some players living on the cusp, such as Lofton, Bell, Cologne, and we all know about Manny Ramirez. Since the Jake opened, now called Progressive Field, the Indians have won 53% of their games. They've won the division 10 times, and they've gone to the World Series three times and made the, the playoffs 11 times. That is an incredible turnaround from where they were before the Jake opened. And that's April 4th, 1994. This podcast is sponsored by Steiner Sports. Every day I walk through my den slash man cave and I get to see Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. Jackie Robinson sliding into home, Willie Mays' catch, Ricky Henderson, Andre Dawson, and four Red Sox World Series headlines. I could go on and on here. There are just dozens of fantastic memories that fill my walls. Steiner Sports has over, over 11,000 pieces of unique memorabilia for you to remember your favorite day, player, or event. If you love baseball and you want to own your memories, they're only click away. Head over to thisdayinbaseball.com slash memorabilia and check out what Steiner Sports has for you. Or just head over to thisdayinbaseball.com and look for the memorabilia in our sidebar widgets and in the navigation bar. Navigation bar. All right, let's answer that trivia question. In 1994, he had 43 home runs through 112 games. If the season had played out, he may have hit 62. He finished in the top six for MVP voting four times, although he never captured the award. He did finish second once. In a bit of irony, he played for San Francisco for 10 years, Arizona 6, and Cleveland 1. And he made the World Series for each franchise, and he got a ring in 2001 when Arizona beat New York. Who am I? Matthew Derek Williams, better known as Matt. Thanks for, Thanks for joining us on The Rewind. It was my pleasure to share this story with fellow baseball fans. Just a quick note. Our shows are based on historical research through many sources. Our show notes and website, thisdayinbaseball.com, are worth checking out in case you missed something. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other baseball fans who may enjoy these stories. My name's Tom Hannon. I'm your host, editor, researcher, and writer. I'll see you at the ballpark.